Football, baby! Losing Sucks, episode 69. We have got a very special guest tonight. We are joined by someone who is, to me, the godfather of fantasy football, someone I've been a fan of and looked up to for over 15 years, believe it or not, and is a huge reason why I wanted to start a fantasy football show in the first place. He is the president of the Fantasy Sports Writers Association, a lead writer and analyst for Yahoo Fantasy Sports, the reigning champion of shuffleboard in the fantasy football community, and someone who we feel lucky to have met and now call a friend. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Andy Barons. Andy, welcome to the show, man. Oh, you're too kind. Um, to, to be fair, it was, I mean, I carried us, but it was it was me and Jeff Erickson who were who established ourselves as the preeminent shuffleboard tandem in uh, in all of the fantasy space. But is I, I appreciate it. Is this one of those things that you you try to avoid a quick rematch to kind of bask in the light for a little while, or are you getting back to California and doing it again ASAP? Um, I'm ready. I'm ready at any time. Um, Scott's got oh, a wow. Pianowski's got to pull a, a team to get. I don't. I don't think him and in Brad. I don't know. They're beaten. They're and shook. once, yeah. yeah, like you should have. You you could have seen it in their eyes. You could have seen it in their faces. You once they were beaten, they were broken. Um, so I don't think that team can reform. I'm not, I'm, I'm not scared of Brad and Scott. Wow. Just the confidence. I could feel it. I could feel it now. <laughs> I also wow. haven't played bar shuffleboard since then. So maybe, maybe I would need a refresher. It's, it's like riding a bike. I hear everybody in the community <laughs> says the same thing. So I haven't ridden a bike in a while that. either. <laughs> it's cause you run everywhere. That, that right. you learned at the, uh, at the expo. That's fair. You walk into the lobby at 6am drenched. Like, oh yeah. I just finished eight miles. No big deal. Yeah, <laughs> I I try to get that out of the way before like I'm gonna be noticed. But um, yeah. Sandro from uh, SiriusXM is like awake at all hours, so he's just always there in the lobby to greet me whenever I come back. <laughs> yeah, you could do worse. Wow, that's crazy. All right, well, that's this crazy. is a fantasy football show, obviously. Is but it? It's also episode sixty nine, <laughs> and for that reason, I wanted nice. to start by discussing the movie Sex Talk. Originally sex known drive. as sex I mean sex drive. sex drive <laughs> sex talk. talk about sex drive. You sex had talk. one Sorry. chance. Wow, originally, it's sex talk with Andy Barons. I, I told the people <laughs> this would be an all ages show. Sex talk. Sex with drive. Andy originally Behrens. known as All the Way, written by Andy Barons. I watched the movie today. Oh no! And oh, no. I laughed from start <laughs> to finish. Uh, it was recommended by Scott himself, and can't make does, that film today, can you? No, you cannot. No. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> No, my wife no, said you're can't. watching what now? I said don't worry about it. Andy wrote it. Uh, oh. Dustin had already seen it actually, but today was uh, no, my no. First that time. that is selling it short. That is selling it short. <laughs> I haven't just seen it. Okay, that movie is what I based my identity on in high school. Like, <laughs> like I'm so sorry. Me it and my epic. friends would watch. I can't. I, I just want to. I want to preface it by saying like I cannot tell you how much my mind was blown when Scott shared that little nugget of information at the end of our, our show together. He's like, yeah, oh yeah, and Andy Barron just casually wrote wrote something that got turned into a sex into a sex drive. I'm like, excuse me. You like were, you can't yeah, just you sweep that under the hour, rug for an hour after the show too. I was like, "Are you good?" He's like, "No, I'm not good." Eddie Barron broke that. <laughs> oh, so that's yeah, that's I where had, I've lived. 
the the so the story of that is actually that i had been this is like in the pre-fantasy days i had been writing for espn i've been doing a lot of freelancing for them but i was writing mostly for um page two and page three which i don't think those are around anymore but anyway that's that's what i wrote like in the early 2000s and somebody just reached out to me and was like hey um you know get like keeping in mind that at the time i was trying to write for middle-aged men and um, somebody somebody hit me up via email and, and they were like, hey, we, we think you should actually be writing for teenage girls. Um, I, was, I was like, <laughs> yeah. like OK, um, that's right pretty far afield sure. from anything I've been doing. Um, but I was also at a stage in my career where I just said yes to everything. And if anybody was if anybody was asking me to write stuff on spec, I did it. Um, and I wasn't even sure how legitimate they were, but it was a, you know, somebody connected to a publisher who was asking me to write some sample chapters on spec. And that became a book called all the way, which is, it's related to sex drive. And it is definitely the, the book that, uh, sex drive was, was based on, but there, you know, so much of that movie was actually like improv along the way. Um, okay, that's and, that was and, my first question: Is did they take it exactly how you wrote it, or did they change a lot of it? Um, they changed a lot of it. Like, there's a lot of dialogue that remains, and the rough contours of it are the same, and the way it begins and the way it ends are basically the same, and the, you know, the way the characters are represented are the same. But there was so much improv along the way with that thing. Um, Were you like, pleased? Seth with Green it? was was really funny. Um, obviously, uh, uh, you know, at, like, the whole cast was really good. Um, and I, you know, I basically, um, you know, got, got my check and stepped aside, <laughs> yeah. which, which is, which is a great way to do it. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was a really good experience. And then the, uh, you know, the, I, I will also say that like the premiere part, you know, we flew out to LA for the premiere party. That was a nice, so cool. that was a nice, that was a nice payoff really for my, for my wife, for letting me launch a freelance writing career in the first oh, place. Right. Like that was a. That was a pretty cool event to be a part of. Yeah, that was, Dang. it was worth every minute today. And I, I was like, I've got three hours <laughs> to the show. I need to watch this movie. I've been putting it off and I'm out, I'm out of time. And I was like, why did I put this off? I could have watched it 10 times by now. Wow. I'm um, bad for you. Yeah, it was awesome. So you're a seasoned writer. We are fairly new writers. What is something that I should know as I start out writing, particularly about fantasy football, but just writing in general, that you wish you would have told or that your younger self knew? Um, about writing about fantasy or writing in general? I don't, I don't know that this is a, that this is an issue that I had necessarily when I started out because I've always been pretty, you know, I, I've, a lot of the early writing that I did was, was for print publications that put you really through a, a ringer that I'm not even sure exists today at a lot of online outlets, right? Like, yeah. um, so I went through some pretty rigorous editorial processes back in the day. So I don't, I don't feel like this was a huge problem for me, but one thing that I see a lot of writers do, um, a lot of, a lot of fantasy writers do is to, um, they, they confuse writing well with writing a lot, right? Like I'll, I'll see people hype like, Oh, I got this piece that's about to drop. It's 3,500 words. And like, there's oh. not that many things, um, <laughs> <laughs> that you need 3,500 words to cover within fantasy sports, right? And you can you can probably pare that down. I mean, I get it if you're previewing every game. Um, right. But 
you know, a, a major sort of pillar of, of good writing um, in any area, right? Not just fantasy, sports writing, any sort of criticism, whatever, is, uh, is to have the length of the piece, you know, appropriate to the content. Um, and to, you know, respect your reader enough to like actually go through and prune things when, uh, when, when you have, uh, uh, a lot of unnecessary material there. So I, I see a lot of people make that mistake. They feel like they've, and yeah, you've worked really hard when you've got those 3,500 words out there, but the piece should sure. probably be like 2000 words. And that's a whole lot, that's a lot more work to, to get yeah. it down to a, an appropriate size. Right. So I see, okay. I see that happen all the time. Um, that, no, that's that's good. That's good because I see a lot of, a lot of um, a lot of pieces that are that are written like that. That are kind of gives you their entire backstory, you know. Like, well, we need to we need to recap this person's career since 2018, and then I'll give you <laughs> what this what this guy is going to do here in the next three games, um, which is useful when I have nothing to do. Um, <laughs> well, sure. and, and some of that is always just sort of proving your your you know, that, that you've, that you've done the work and that you've put en right. enough work in on it. I, I get that. Um, yeah. it, it's, it, it's more, you know, it, it is often more people who, um, feel that they have to give you like, uh, I was just talking about this with, with, uh, Joe Bryant on a panel at the, at the expo, actually there's, it, it's dangerous. It's really hard to write in the first person, uh, mm -hmm. in, in fantasy sports. And you see people yeah. test drive it all the time, right? Like I'm going to begin this fantasy call. Really people just want this big list of names that is going to come a thousand words into my article. And the first thousand words are going to be this very first person -y anecdote, um, that leads me to my greater point about this and that. And it's really hard to do that well. And I feel like right. you lose a lot of people and the, and the, you know, that's one of those things where like, Matt Barry does it so well, but it's yeah. not necessarily something that everyone should try to um, reproduce, right? It's really hard. Um, it became it's really hard. That people look forward to that he would put out that once a year manifesto. Right. I mean, he does it every year. It's like, wow, here, here's the piece. Right. Yeah, and it's great. And it's a, and it's a hook that, um, that draws you in and, and keeps you glued to it. But like that, that's not something that you're necessarily going to do on your week six waiver column. Right. And it's right. not, you know, it's just really hard to pull off and he's able to do it because he's great at this and it's, and it's really hard and it's not necessarily for everyone. So I, I'll see a lot of that too. Right, man, I sound like an old man. Before we transition <laughs> to a specific fantasy question, I'll give you a little bit of delayed promo here. So I forgot to <laughs> click the button. Okay. Um, like the fast and the furriest is like legit really like I'm, I'm, that was great. Like I, that, that's the best thing I'm probably going to write. It was like for middle like middle grade boys um it will be that, it will that be thing sold really well too <laughs> yeah. based on based on that one we've determined that you need to be writing for middle-aged men uh, and yeah it uh, was a it was about you know as uh, as all great uh fiction is it was about dog agility competitions um right so that was that was super fun to write that's I kind of a that. little cornered market you got there <laughs> i <laughs> right. do I, I basically own that niche yeah. many surmise that that's how fantasy football became um popular was the agility of dogs <laughs> many are and, saying it yeah yeah it's 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 definitely a theory out there all right we've got two uh football based questions before we have the diamond league draft we will start with oh, something draft. like this um diamond, diamond. are the running qbs worth a four to five round difference in your eyes and your experience over the years in fantasy football oh, i i need i need this conversation for example you got 
uh, just based on a per game basis in their career. Kyler Murray, you can expect 600 plus. Jalen Hurts now is over 600 yard rusher per year. Lamar Jackson averages out over a thousand a year. Is it worth four rounds before you go Stafford or Rodgers? Um, I, I guess, first of all, I wouldn't, well, you don't have to do much, much, uh, more heavy lifting than, than to look at, uh, last year's order of finish. Right. And obviously Josh Allen, the guy at the, the absolute top of the year end scores was a legit dual threat guy, huge rushing season, huge, both in terms of rushing yards and in rushing touchdowns. But like the next six or seven names are not that. Um, it's, right. it's a whole, but like, I, I think you'll find Herbert in there was over 300 rushing yards and Mahomes over 300 rushing yards, but neither one of those players was reliant on rushing stats for right. fantasy production. Right. It was, and they, nor were they like 500 yards, 700 yards, nor did they rush for six touchdowns, eight touchdowns, anything like that. Right. Um, so it, it's pretty clear that in this era, you know, there's probably going to be more than one 5,000 yard passer this year. And there's just, you, you know, there's no way that that doesn't play in fantasy. So I, I think we're, I think we're definitely at a stage where there's a lot of ways to um, be a difference making quarterback in fantasy. And that's a very long way of saying, no, I, I don't think <laughs> you need to reach four or five rounds for necessarily a, a, a dual threat guy. I think if you do it, it has to be somebody, and I guess, you know, I, I I had a lot of Jalen Hurts last year, but the point of Jalen Hurts is that you were able to take him really late yeah, and he eight, could produce eight, like round. a top eight quarterback. Yeah, so I think right. you've really, like, if you want that this year, you got to be looking at guys like um, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and I would actually inc right. include uh, Trevor Lawrence in that as well because he was Thank a fantastic runner. Oh my God, Thank that you. guy could run at Clemson. He ran for that was, 330 yards last year. Like, what are, ran really well last year, and like all of the best Clemson highlights in my mind um, were were in like some, some of his yeah. some of his rushes uh, were were his, just incredible, yeah. and they weren't so just good. like one yard plunges into the end zone yeah. either. Like he was he was really flashy. So I think yeah. he's he's one of those guys as well. So I think that's where you have to look, or you can reach for Lamar Jackson because he's actually somebody who's delivered one of those just golden ticket seasons, right? right. Like if you yeah. had Lamar a couple of years ago, you were, you, you were probably in the finals. Um, you were certainly in the playoffs. Yeah. So you're, you're saying like, if you can get him at a value, like it has to be a, like a later value. I, um, otherwise I, Lamar's the one guy that I reach for. Um, right. That where where I where I can't quite help different. myself. Yeah, a thousand yards is different from like I think Lamar is is maybe the best runner in the league. Regard like it's like Lamar, yeah. Nick Chubb, not many other guys that I would put in that conversation as the actual best runner in the league, um, regardless yeah. of position. So I, I'd put him in a slightly untouched. different category. Like when you watch him, like Nick Chubb's you know stiff arming people and fighting through tackles. Lamar is not touched. Yeah. at any point until he yeah. steps out of bounds. It is crazy to watch. Yeah, I, I absolutely love watching that guy. And he's also, again, that's a that's a young player who's already he's already delivered a season in which he was the the you know, it's like the all time per game scoring season in fantasy it's, history. It's, yeah. So like if you're going to reach for somebody, reach for somebody like that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, the absolutely. final question I'm going to leave about 10 minutes for, which I still feel like is not enough because it can go on and on and on. But PPR versus non PPR. Uh, he walked right into um, it. Uh, he walked right into it. You knew it. I, you I tried me, to talk him off of this, Andy. I really did. I, you sent me an article three years ago. And he hasn't um, when I first, since. I remember exactly where I read it in my 
new house in Dallas. I was like, wow, this is great. I got an article from Andy Barron's to read that somewhat supports my stance. So of course I'm going to read every word of it. Nobody knows this debate better than you. So I would love to hear the pros and cons to the argument on both sides. And do you think it is now outdated as the article stated three years ago? Uh, yeah, I listen, I, you know, again, I'm ancient. So I was, I was around when, uh, PPR scoring became more and more the norm. And I can tell you that it was, that it was a reaction to, uh, the just monotony of drafting running backs in the first round, second round, third round. Right. And that was, it wasn't wrong that we were doing that because, you know, every team was trying to give us a running back who had 350, 400 touches, right? Like that was, right. that's of such value. And those guys, you know, the, the people who were the rushing leaders, you know, were the, were the guys who were, who were, you know, 1800 yards, 2000 total yards. Um, there's just, there's just aren't teams that are trying to, to have that identity anymore, right? Like this is a problem that the league itself fixed. So PPR scoring became popular because we were like, man, we got to get a little positional variety in the first round, the second round. We've got to, we've got to build the case to take some receivers and and perhaps some tight ends, uh, anything like that. But then the league fixed it. The the league was like, okay, I mean, you just look at, I don't know, 20 years ago, you would have found 18, 19, 20 guys with 300 plus touches. Um, Fred Taylor had a season with over 390 touches and we called that guy fragile Fred. Like that, that was just, that was nothing. Yeah. Um, but now there, there were four guys last year who hit 300. Like there, there just aren't the sort of running backs that, um, you know, the, the game is just played differently. The run pass mix is different. Um, right. so many things about the real life game have changed in ways that, that sort of make PPR right. a little bit irrelevant to me. And also it's just, it's kind of a dopey, um, it's a dopey thing to award points for. It's just, it, it's not fundamentally different than a handoff. It's a, you it's know, a it's, way of, of, of transferring possession of the football that is yes. not, I mean, why should a, why should a reception for no gain have the same point value as a 10 yard run? That's just stupid. It doesn't in, in reality, um, right. there's nothing backbreaking about the fact of catching a football to a defense or anything like that. Like it's I get why we did it. valuable than the nine yard run. I, you know, it's, it's funny to me because you know, <laughs> you, silly. you said, you said a word that kind of like, I kind of latch onto you said fundamental and in just looking at the word fundamental, you can't spell it without fun and fun <laughs> is more points. And how do you get more points, Andy, Travis? By PPR, everybody gets points. It's it's Oprah and throwing points out. Okay, <laughs> everybody. I also, I if wanna, I'm in, I, yeah, go ahead. I don't want to. I don't want to sound like you know this cranky old guy who's get like off my lawn lobbying gotcha. for for standard That's scoring what I am. again. I'm either fine with it. Because I actually like, I don't know. I've I've played a I've had this conversation with Scott Fish a lot. I've had this conversation with mm -hmm. Paulson a lot. Like I play a bunch of leagues that that award points for first downs. I just want us I want us awarding points for things that matter in real life. I like there to be more parallels between the real life game and what wins in reality and what wins in fantasy. I think that's a good thing. Right. Um, I have all kinds of thoughts on how we can fix quarterback scoring and and because that's a you know as much as anything in fantasy can be a tragedy that is what kind are, of a tragedy what are a few to me of them? What are we just we just screwed that we, i mean we just screwed that up from the start right <laughs> like we've got a um 
we've got to seriously penalize uh, giveaways and sacks. Um, Thank you. I do agree. What, with you. Whatever you're whatever you're awarding for a passing touchdown, that should be the deduction for um, an interception. Right. I oh, think. Wow. I, I got I, I got a lot of flack for that for setting up a league that I invited Travis to, and that where interceptions are minus six points. Yeah, I, I like because it a lot you, because Dustin, you just said we want more points. It's more fun. Yet you want to take away more for a pick. So now you've right. got to decide: but are you going also logic, a PPR or are you going like it's also a PPR shiny? league? Okay. <laughs> well, I, I, I just think it might. So my thing with this is that it's really important to um, to not, you know, we don't want to have seasons like, you know, think of Jameis a few years ago with Tampa and think of uh, Blake Bortles yeah. as an even better example, because Bortles had a season in which he led the league in interceptions, time sacked and fumbles. And he was like the QB four. And he yeah, did that right. just purely on volume. Like he wasn't that was a bad season. Um, it's yeah. not like he blew up and was really great one season. He was, he was sort of aggressively bad that year. Um, but on volume, he was, he, he was just a fantasy monster. And we, yeah. like, we know the importance of the quarterback position in reality, and it doesn't yeah. need to be that important in fantasy, but it needs to be important. If you play in a, right. in a one QB league, like you can just forget it. Um, there's going to be guys available sure. on the wire all year. Like it's, it's easily the least important position in a one, like a 10 team, one quarterback league. I agree. Dustin, yeah. how do you feel about this answer? I'm I'm pretty giddy over here right now. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, I, the judge I, has I just, spoken. I, I appreciate Andy's standpoint. I really do. I just the only question is, I, I mean, how much fun is too fun? You know, I guess that's the point <laughs> we're really approaching here. Like, I, you get I also like to see like, people have fun. So, like, if people really, really like PPR, go ahead, play PB, PPR. Yeah, I have I play, no issue I, with it. Of course, it. I play both. Thank I play you. a lot of different of formats. But right, the, you just look debate, down on them. That's all. It's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I just enjoy the conversation on Twitter of somebody saying standard is ridiculous and outdated. And I say, right. tell me why it makes sense that a screen pass that goes, it's like the, the, the token question that I ask every time a screen pass that goes from minus three is mm -hmm. good for the running back or receiver who caught it, but the quarterback who threw it half the play gets negative. It does not make sense. And nobody will ever answer that yeah. question. They say, <laughs> I mean, he, well, that's he a put, rare Because he put his player in that position to, to lose yards. That's his fault. They 100%. say it's, it's so rare that it doesn't really affect the game. It does when you're in a nail-biter on Monday night and you have the running back and I have the quarterback and I get negative points for that same play and you win by a couple yards. It happens all the time. My yeah. my fr original frustration when I wrote that article is there's just so many scoring options available on every platform now, right? It right. doesn't doesn't have to be about yacht. There's so many scoring options available, yeah. and we picked one that that doesn't happen to have any real benefit um, in in reality. Like the the mere fact of a ball moving between two players is not in right. and of itself valuable. It's just not. But we right. have things like first downs, and we have completions and incompletions we have just all sorts of yardage bonuses you can throw in there if you like there's yeah. all sorts of scoring options this is just a I, I get why we did it we did it forever ago this isn't some like latter day advancement in in fantasy football right this is a thing right, right. That, that that began to develop in the 90s um this is not new um but i also get why like the dfs community likes it because it's super predictable um, i mean receptions are a lot more predictable obviously than than touchdowns than a lot of the other things that drive scoring so i get it from a certain perspective but we shouldn't pretend that this is some like higher level um advanced uh stat that worth it's a reception right. it's not it's not like some super smart way to play fantasy football there are a million different scoring options and and we yeah. should try them 
I've I like heard the, the argument that, that Dustin used to make the argument of, and I'm not to put you on blast, but we went back and forth for weeks on this. <laughs> right. Of, yeah. It is harder to catch a ball than it is to take a handoff. And so we're rewarding the difficulty of the play. And yeah, if that's the depends case, depends on if you ask Antonio Gibson. The rebuttal. I don't. Is, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't actually think we should be awarding points for handoffs either. I'm not making that argument. Right, I'm just, right. But you know. if we're rewarding something based on what we are deciding is difficult for us, or what we think is difficult for somebody else, should you get more points for a harder catch? Is there now a system of difficulty of catch? Is a one hand catch? Do you get an extra quarter of a point? Versus using two hands. <laughs> yeah, no, it's I'm, just, I'm all for it's that. It's an immeasurable statement to say it's harder to do in real life, so we should reward them when they actually do it. Are you? Yeah. What if somebody Here, has a drop? Is is that going to be treated right. like a pick? And the problem the problem with drops is almost nothing is recorded as a drop, right? Like you'll get yeah, to the end yeah. of the season, you'll notice that the person who leads the NFL in drops is going to have like eight or ten or something like that. But that's that's not every pass that they could have caught. That's not every pass right. that perhaps you and I at a at a bar on a Sunday would say, "Oh, we should have caught that," right? Like that's yeah. a that's a much bigger number. So, I you know I'm I, again like people should play whatever they want, whatever they like, whatever they're comfortable with. I get it. I'm I'm just it's too bad that we got stuck in this cycle of of people arguing that PPR is some sort of. Uh, uh, super advanced you know evolution in fantasy sport i mean it's it's so old it's so old i don't know if the pendulum will come back you see that the ball goes through the air and then it's not in the air anymore so (laughs) then that means more points need to be scored. well the other (laughs) argument is it makes more players relevant which i get but i feel like it separates and i haven't i haven't done a study or read a study i'm sure there's a lot out there on the most elite players at running back quarterback i mean uh receiver and tight end are getting the most volume anyway so are they not separated even more in a ppr league like the running backs that do both like you said earlier the league kind of caught up to it and the league fixed that for us well running backs catch a lot more passes now especially the the ones you're taking in the first round yep they're all catching passes and then the guys in the second, third round, the reason why they're not being drafted up there is because they don't get the passing volume. You're creating even an even bigger gap, I feel like, in between the elite elite and the, the next couple tiers. May not be yeah, this, it's just a, this is like the same thing that happens with tight end premium scoring, right? Like we, we like the notion of it because, uh, you know, oh, is this, you know, the tight ends are a problem. There's only two good ones. Well, it makes it that much worse if, you, that much if better, you start. Yeah. Yeah, it 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 separates Kelsey and Andrews from the rest of them that much more. Um, right. if, if you start if you start saying that what a tight end does is is somehow more valuable than anything a receiver does. Oh God, I that, love it. If I could, I if I could join summer. a points per block and take Kittle number one, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. You don't. There's not much negotiation that has to happen. He may go 101. If I would take him 101. He should. He He's a You know who you're not seeing blocking? Goodness gracious. Kyle Pitts. I got to tell you, Andy, uh, I just clicked into the draft and your voice. Yeah, and the Andy Barron's video is coming up. Yeah. Started yelling (laughs) in here. And I'm like, this has to be addressed. Um, Sir, you need to calm down, um, first of all. Thank God uh, I didn't wear the same shirt tonight that I'm wearing in the in the draft video. I I haven't seen a WNBA jam. That's pretty dope. I like it. That is pretty sick. But we're actually we we've had sky tickets for a number of years, um, and Ooh. and they play tonight. This is you know as we as we speak tonight is uh, game four in their series, so kind of exciting. Nice. Okay. Is it the finals? 
Uh, this is the semifinals. Yeah, there. Ah, all right. Did you see that Lincoln, Suber, the end of the game, Suber hit the corner three. That, that, like, oh, my God. That was a travel I, on the other side. I love that you watched it. Um, it was it's an incredibly high-level game. Like, that is one of the all-time games in, I, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm not enough of a WNBA historian to give you the all-time list of, of great games, but, my God, the shot-making in that thing was incredible. It was nuts. I thought it was a, a clear travel. The, the spin back to the left to don't even get me started. Yeah. It's nine, 19, <laughs> 19 LeBron James crab walk steps. Um, Whoa. I can't believe you guys let me pick 11th in this league. I'm I'm at my most dangerous when I pick yeah, 11th. Yeah, so, so we are going to oh, transfer. He's in his ultimate form. Let's see here. Let's get this up on the screen. I, sh- I probably should have asked, is it half point PPR in this league? Is It, it is half point PPR. Half I don't like to make PPR. people mad, Dustin, even if it's wrong. That's a lie. I know that's a lie. For <laughs> so the scoring is just half bad. I like it. Half yeah, bad. Right. Yes. Half bad and then half whatever Andy and Travis like. That's fine. All right. Let's see All if right. this works here. Are we up? Yep. Also, I can't believe you guys let me pick first. This is going to take forever. I'm taking my sweet time on every single pick. Andy, I feel like the draft board on Yahoo's um, draft platform needs some work is that something that you have some power on it, if you don't, it is not I, you actually don't, i don't know who does i you know they they've they've added so much info to it um and, and i like i to me if there's if there's anything that is regrettable about all that they have added to the draft room it's that i can't make the chat window any bigger um like yes. that's a that that's a that's a, a complaint that I will hear and that I will probably bring up with some people because um, you know I'm in like you know we're we're kind of in the season now where all the industry leagues are passed and I'm I'm in like the hometown drafts now and yeah. I want to I want to I want to talk shit to these people I want to yeah. <laughs> you know like I'm I don't I don't get in a league with my college buddies um, for any reason other than talking shit to them for a couple you hours during a draft absolutely and I need a big I need a big chat window for that. They took the. Is that beeping coming through for you guys too? Um, is that me? Is I that have my point? sound off. Goodness right, gracious! I just turned mine off. Um, I think it was Hold me on. too. I'm figuring it out. Hold on. <laughs> it's at the bottom of the. There it is. There you go. Draft sounds are off. Dustin is on the clock. All right. So let me break down this pick. It requires a lot of analysis. So, um, what you want at the top of your draft is <laughs> a player that is going to get volume and has a lot of skill. Um, honestly, for me, I, I prefer someone who catches no passes because that adds no value to my team. Um, You're running out of time. Here comes, here comes Damian Harris. Here, here it comes. There we go. All right. Just in the nick Christian of time. McCaffrey it is. Uh, for those watching, this is a Diamond League draft, meaning all 12 have been or are currently um, diamond rated players on Yahoo for whatever that actually means. It is cool to see by your name from time to time, especially I think last year, two years ago, you guys introduced manager comparison, which is a great shit talking, uh, tool (laughs) because you can go into a matchup saying, Oh, that's cute. You're bronze. You're going to have a lot of fun this week against a 10 time diamond or something of the sort. They've actually they've started to do some pretty fun stuff with the uh, the data that we have on like Diamond League players. You can see in the in the draft right now. There's a there's a column there for uh, it says ADP and then it's got a diamond logo. That's that's 
their ADP in uh, among Diamond League players, right? So we're, we're starting wow. to use that a little bit more. All right. That's a good I tool. like it. I should probably look at the draft board and see who's look going. At, look at Josh Allen going fifth here. My, my, uh, wow. I am a little bit shocked. Unexpected. I, and all of these players have played fantasy before, right? Like that is, that is they the are consensus. Vetted. They are vetted. Okay. I have seen their profiles. Um, okay. I don't know if they were playing against their sisters. Can I or tell you one brothers, thing? But they are diamond. Can I? Can, I played a prank on Travis when he started up this this diamond league thing. Um, right when he started, because just for that comment you just made, um, because you you said you can't. I looked at. I vetted them. I looked at the profiles. I actually sent you a profile from a dummy account I, uh, I created, Travis, and you actually invited that account to the league. Wow, then you must have done um, that pretty quick because I got a lot I of did. responses. It was <laughs> like that. I had it. I had it all set up. I'm How like, how many you know years what? of a diamond league did they have? I'm like 15. Oh, <laughs> like, I have no that's idea. That's absurd. But I'm like, I grabbed. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know who this is. I'm like, but I'm gonna take it. I went Kelsey. Um, I think is wow. one of the Ruined pure the difference makers. Obviously, everybody knows that, especially in this league. The Carls is a buddy of mine from a home league who. I believe has been in the Super Bowl four out of the last five years, three of those against me. So he really knows his stuff. Um, Andy, what are we thinking here? Oh, I'm on the clock. I I was I was watching Chase and Henry fall to me. That was really pretty exciting. And then and then it didn't happen. Um, oof. Didn't happen for either one Big of them. Oof. I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, way out of sequence here, and I'm actually gonna draft Nick Chubb. Um, wow. Who, Maybe I'd get him in the next round, but I'm going to get a receiver that I really like in the next round anyway. It doesn't matter. You heard Nick Chubb over over Mixon and Swift. What's the quick reasoning behind that? As you are back, he's much better. I mean, I don't like. Is there what 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 would be the justification for taking DeAndre Swift over Nick Chubb, who is probably the best pure runner? I think it's the at his position of the potential the pass of catching? sixty to eighty catches. Is that is that made up? in the fantasy community. I, so this is, um, yeah, I think that's a real worry. Cause I was, um, I, you know, I was on the, the four for four podcast a couple of weeks ago and, uh, I was just, you know, we were talking about players that we were, that we were particularly bullish on, like, you know, flag plant sort of players. And, uh, I, I was using the, the fantasy pros tool to see who I was high on relative to the industry, who I was low on. And I am definitely, I'm like I'm like a good 15 spots higher in the overall on Amon Ross St. Brown and I'm wow. I'm lower on Swift and Hawkinson because that's where it's got to come from. Like right. I like I get you can't be high the, on everybody on the same team. Right. I yeah. I get unless you think that Jared Goff is going to challenge for an MVP, which I don't. Um No. Well, you know, my props. I, and like I, I, I get the the fact that DeAndre Swift was on this pace early last year that would have led to 80 catches, maybe 90 catches, crazy season. Um, once St. Brown blew up, I don't know. I don't know how they put that back in the bottle. I don't know how they say, okay, well enough of that. We, we need to, we need to feed the ball on, on even shorter routes to DeAndre Swift. Like, I yeah, just don't think yeah. that's going to happen. I don't, I think, I think, I think what, what St. Brown is going to do, uh, what they found with him is going to come out of, uh, the workloads for Hawkinson and Swift just a little bit. Like I, I think sure. Swift is fine, but he doesn't compare in any obvious way to Nick Chubb when they have the ball in their hands. I mean, I just, that's just my personal opinion on Nick Chubb. I think him and it's actually pretty close for, for me with him and Mixon. Um, 
But I, th that guy, if it's not this year, I, I still think it's going to be sometime. He's going to win a rushing title. I think he's that much better than almost anyone in the league with the ball in his hands. Nick any Chubb. question to the pick? Um, he's still on <laughs> Nick Chubb, but uh, any questions that you have on the offense with Brissett leading it for the first you know eleven weeks? How, how did it look last year? Was that a was that a super dynamic offense in your eyes last um, year? That's like, not the that's not the wording I would use. I'll be honest. Uh, like they were they were trash last yeah, year. Um, yeah. and it like it doesn't matter. He's been a he's been a five yard per carry guy every every season of his career. I mean that's just like right. of all the things to be worried about. Oh no, the Browns have a bad quarterback this year. Like that's just right. never you know. Right. I, I mean, we saw Baker have like a single season that was that was kind of okay if you squinted a little bit, and and ever since that, I mean, it was promising because he it was, was fine year until he got hurt. Yeah, yeah, and then and then it was brutal. Um, so I no, that's not that's not really a huge worry. I mean, the obvious worry, but this is only half PPR. The obvious worry is that Chubb is probably going to catch like thirty five balls, thirty thirty five balls. Um, right. But I, but that's that's that, not to me. That's just not enough of a difference with someone like Swift. Something that has steered me away from Chubb when I feel equal um, with Chubb and somebody else is the ability to get Kareem Hunt at a value right now, and I don't necessarily think I want both. And so I've ended up with a lot of Hunt and the other running back that's at Chubb's level. But um, I asked something on Twitter maybe a month ago of who's somebody when the ball's in their hands you think it's going to the house at any moment, every play. And Nick Chubb is one of those few guys. Every t if, When you're playing against Chubb, you just expect to get murdered. Yeah. Just, he just has that feeling. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, I'm up 25 going into whatever game. So there's a good chance Nick Chubb matches that. And that's, that's it's hard to find. And you feel like there's only a few guys that you can count on one hand that are in that category. I think Nick Chubb definitely is. Yeah, it's also like you got to like your team and you got to like watching your team. And yep. um, he's just absolutely one of my favorite players. Um, re re like really, since I've been doing this, there's I mean, he's he's definitely on the short list of my favorite you know, just pure runners to watch. I like it. I um, I have always gone running back early. And for whatever reason, I have been fine with Kelsey and one of the elite guys, whether it was Diggs or CeeDee Lamb. I think CD has a monster season. I, I feel like I was early. Everybody likes to say they were early, but I, I said, I believe in April, he's a dark horse for me to be the overall number one and have a Cooper Cup type season. But Stefan Diggs, you paired with, with Chubb, that's a very high ceiling and very high floor. Uh, Diggs is a lot Yeah, of so I was, I was looking at... I. I figured I was going to get either Lamb or Diggs, and um, I don't I don't see a lot of separation between the two of them. So I was, and it's this isn't full PPR, so I didn't want right. to I didn't want to try to make a play for both of them. Like right. you got you can't just blow off running back here. Um, but I yeah I there I like Diggs obviously has wide receiver one upside. It just happened a couple of years ago, and I agree with you on Lamb. He definitely does. So, I mean, I, like if you told me in a seventeen game season, CD Lamb this year. It's going to see 200 targets. Like maybe, maybe yeah. that yeah. might be in play for sure. Especially with a, a high powered, high paced offense, like the, like the Cowboys. I, I don't know who else is going to catch passes. There is, is it just going to be some amalgamation of Schultz and Tolbert and maybe some Pollard mixed in? Yeah. I don't even know how much Tolbert has really separated himself and how much of it Same. is the fantasy community. Try Like you keep reading right. from the, 
from beat reporters that he's a little up and down. Right. So I, I feel like this is one of those things that, that the fantasy community is kind of willing to happen. Um, (laughs) you know, we're, we're, we're pushing for it real hard, but, um, right. It may not have actually materialized in, in camp and preseason. Wow. All right, I, I, I'm punting uh, running back again. I think Lamb, Higgins, Kelsey is fine. I don't love the running wow. backs here. Um, I so think I'm I'm better off waiting for the AJ Dillon type crew than reaching for a Mitchell or Etienne here. Dustin, what do you have so far? Walk us through the mindset of the first few picks. Um, I just pick good players, guys. Uh, that's <laughs> those are the only kind of players I pick. Those are some um, good ones. McCaffrey, I, I I just like I feel better about my teams when I have that tight end, um, you know, top three tight end. So do that. I know I can find some value wide receivers later in the draft, and I'm, you know, kind of gives me a little bit of extra fl- uh, flexibility. And then Fournette, I mean, even with the you know, quote unquote reduced workload that that we're seeing, um, I still think any Tom Brady offense is going to produce points and. Leonard Fournette's the guy that they're going to use on the goal line, so why not? Yeah, we've said this a few times. Um, Alex Dunlap over at Roster Watch had one of his colleagues go to pretty much all of Tampa's camp, and they said Fournette will rarely come off the field again this year, and that's a great thing to hear for a second-round running back who just had a monster season. Andy, the, the mic is yours here. You just reached who you said you were going to reach for, if possible, Lamar Jackson. What do you follow it up oh, with? Man. Yeah, I thought I would, uh, you know, I thought I'd try to keep this relatively authentic, and I did just talk <laughs> up the fact that that if there's uh-huh. one quarterback that I occasionally reach for, it's Lamar. Um, is it? I, I don't know. I feel like I've put together a pretty fun team through four picks. Let's um, see what we got here. Not everybody, not everybody loves Nick Chubb. I get it. You're all uh, reception snobs, um, but I start with <laughs> Chubb, and then I go Diggs and uh, and DJ Moore. Um, who listen, DJ Moore's never played with a with a with a great quarterback, so he'll fit right in with whatever version of Baker Mayfield we get. Um, that that guy's that guy's just terrific. Um, I, I I will also say that Keenan Allen went right before that pick, and I definitely would have uh, would have would have. It just absolutely smashed the draft button on Keenan Allen. I think it's weird that he, uh, I think it's weird that he, that he falls. I think it's weird that people aren't really enthusiastic about Keenan Allen. Like that guy's a hundred catches it every blows year. my mind. Um, and then I took Lamar because again, Lamar is, um, L- Lamar has, has had one of those rare, we don't even see them every year, right? They don't even happen every year. Like a total golden ticket season where if you had him, you were, you were probably in the finals. Um, Lamar had a season in which more often than not, he was over 30 fantasy points a week and he's gone over a thousand rushing yards twice. And I feel like, I feel like we haven't even, yeah, we haven't even seen a season from him yet where, um, he gets a little bit of luck on, uh, rushing touchdowns either. Right. Like he has like by, by rights, he should have like a 10 or a 12 rushing touchdown season already. And it, it just hasn't happened. So, I, I'll be surprised if there's not another historic Lamar Jackson season at some point, and you you definitely want to be invested in him when it happens. Uh, quick thoughts on Elijah Mitchell. I could not keep punting running back. I feel like Damian Harris being a running back one is not somebody that excites me. Elijah Mitchell, I was pretty weary on. Weary on, Oof. one of the two. Um, could not, would not in a box. For a while, <laughs> but for whatever reason, I feel much better about Elijah Mitchell recently. He's healthy again. Um, I feel like 
the threat of a running quarterback would help them even more. And when you have a healthy George Kittle, whoever is toting the rock is going yeah. to eat in that offense. Oh. And they have the reports are he's the clear one. Um, Andy, what are your thoughts on Elijah Mitchell? In yeah, I don't court? think there's any question about it. He's the he's the absolute clear number one for a team that probably wants to run the ball 35 or 45 times or 40 times a game, right? Like, I I think um, I also think that the opening week matchup with Chicago is just so it's going to be important to watch um, because I, I feel like the game script that is available to San Francisco is going to be something very close to what they want to be all season. Like, I don't think the bears are going to race out to a multi-score lead and San Francisco is just going to have to throw the game plan out the window. Right? Like, I think we're really going to learn if this is actually a team that only wants to throw the ball 20 times, 25 times, and just right. wants to right. just wants to run the ball 40, which they might be. And, and if that's what they are, it's obviously really good for Mitchell. Um, he'll take all the work he can handle, but it's it's really bad for this receiving core because I like there's no way to support Ayuk and Debo and Kittle at the places where we're drafting them if they're seriously going to be a team that really throws. Yeah, the one thing that scares me a little bit is the health history of Kittle. When he is not on the field, their running game is much different. Yeah, and rightfully so. He he's a monster on the outside. Um, it is. Approaching 6.45, I know you said you had 45 minutes tonight. We don't want to kick you off, but I want oh, to Two of my guys were just taken, too. I was Juju Juju was taken. Amon Ross St. Brown was taken. I'm crushed. That's a terrible uh, feeling. Dustin, who gosh. you got here? Uh, Andy, just let us know whenever you need to run. We know you've got another commitment tonight. I, pr I probably literally have like 30 seconds before people start walking in the door. Oh, okay. That, uh, maybe you awesome. have time. Hopefully, the, the board will allow you to make one or two more picks. If not, you can give us the peace sign and just bounce. Oh, it's not going to be, it's not going to be a pick I'm happy with. It's not going to be the guy. <laughs> oh. oh man. I'm so sorry. I took your, I was going to take both of them, but <laughs> so sad. Uh, let's see here. Dustin, what did you do at the turn? Zach Wilson's went, lonely mom club. Yeah. Went to, when do oh, you got Brandon? Both of them. It was you who took both. <laughs> I mean, he wanted Amon Ra. I don't know if he necessarily wanted Brandon Cooks, but I thought about Amon Ra. Andy talked me into it. I just couldn't change my my whole lifestyle um, based on one man's words. <laughs> I th yeah. I think that guy is so good. The other the other fun thing that Detroit did with him last year is they started to put him like in the backfield a little bit. They didn't go yeah. full Debo Samuel, but they messed around with it. Um, and I think we'll probably see more of that. I was That's very happy cool. with Marquise Brown right here. It did not work. I will pivot Ooh, and I will take Rashad Bateman, who is quickly rising up boards. I think if Lamar has the season that you're saying he could have, it's not just the legs. So Bateman. you're gonna you're gonna blow up my stack. I'm you're gonna, gonna blow, blow up, up my Bateman right Martin before Mayer. you leave the show. Oh man, that's brutal. Andy's never gonna talk to you again. <laughs> that's, just, that's just cruel. That is just Thanks brutal. for coming on. No stack. <laughs> Boom. Denied. Yeah, Lasting denied. memory. <laughs> All right, so oh, you're coming man. up. We can get into the mind of Andy Barons one more time for one more minute tonight. Andy, what are you looking at at this board with these last two picks? Um, three guys I'm looking at here are Darnell Mooney, which is probably not where I'm going to go, uh, DK Metcalf and, and AJ Dillon. I wouldn't mind either. Okay, now I'm going to get one of them. Um, I'm probably going to go. I'm probably going to go AJ Dillon here. 
Um, and like that's, that. that's more about veering away. I mean, I think DK Metcalf is awesome. I think he's a phenomenal player. I just don't necessarily want to be stuck with, uh, you know, his quarterback situation for the rest of the year. There's yes. a pretty good chance that AJ, like I've, I've not drafted, you know, the most PPR friendly team here. I don't think AJ Dillon's going to catch a ton of passes, but is 10 rushing touchdowns in play for him? I definitely think it is. Lamar Jackson, Stefan Diggs, DJ Moore, Nick Chubb, and AJ Dillon through five that's a title winner that's a title winner right there um, sure definitely gonna be in the title for most carries in a league I, what it is, is absolutely <laughs> and that's the way you like it i know you don't they those catches oh, yeah, are for, the, for the birds because they're in the air and we don't like anything in the air so uh but dk mecca you know DK wow on the way back wow okay an absolute okay unit there that's a fun team. It's guys that you enjoy watching, which is always important in fantasy football. Andy Barons, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Hey, it's it been a, it's been, been a pleasure getting to know you guys. It's, it's been, been pleasure, really fun. Been a pleasure man. chatting awesome. with you here. Awesome. Um, let's see Thanks, fellas. Hey, thank you. Thanks. Talk to you soon, Andy. We really appreciate it. Later, guys. All Man, right. what a guy. What a guy. And then there were two of us. Andy is, I, I know I started the show by saying, to me, the godfather of fantasy football. He is, when I started playing 15 years ago, he was there. He is still here now. Yeah. Um, I am next to pick, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see kind of how this, this folds out. You know, I, I rarely get the 101, and so I'm... I'm definitely I'm happy in with this. intrigued. Yeah, I know who you're going to go with. Um, it's Antonio Gibson. Yep. He's coming back up the boards. I could still get him in the sixth to go with Elijah Unbelievable. Mitchell. That you, you always, see, like, you kind of changed your strategy here in the last few drafts we've done I where have. You've, you've gone later running back, and it, it just keeps piling up for you. This Antonio Gibson thing, how, however unfortunate that it is, it's just that's where we're living. It and has worked out. And I'm okay with it. Apologies you know? to Brian Robinson, but right. uh, those of us who have a lot of dynasty shares of Antonio Gibson and redraft shares of Antonio Gibson, and even probably four or $500 worth of best balls that have a lot of Antonio Gibson are very okay with what is going on in Washington. Uh, yeah. We are sorry for say. Brian Robinson. It's unfortunate for him personally, but yeah. Absolutely. That's so Antonio Gibson that. is my RB2 in the sixth round, which has allowed me to start with Travis Kelsey, C.D. Lamb, T. Higgins, Rashad Bateman, Elijah Mitchell. I am very happy with the team so far. It looks like a diamond roster to me, but I am a homer. Uh, we will switch <laughs> over to the draft board and see what Dustin's mind wants to do here at the turn. Yeah, we're, uh, we, I'm not going to reveal a single thing. Um, and in case until, anybody's watching, until my pick, because I've got three guys that I have queued up, and I don't want a single one of them disappearing. So, um, as soon as I get my guy, I will let you know. Um, but I'm excited about the possibility. Well, honestly, now I'm guaranteed to get at least one of them. So, um, I'm I'm looking at the quarterback position at this turn. It is that um, time. I've got three guys that I like here equally, and I. Who know, are the three guys, Dustin? If they're equal, if they're you can equal, say them out of order. <laughs> yeah, um, love Russell Wilson, love Trey Lance, love Jalen Hurts. So I'm getting one of these guys. Um, so I, 
I'm all here for it. So go ahead and now I'm guaranteed. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's falling nice. into my lap. Uh, interesting what Andy said a few minutes ago about the Niners receivers. I don't have a lot of shares of Ayuk and Debo. Mm-hmm. It hasn't necessarily been because I feel like they want to run the heck out of the ball. It's just that I'm scared of Trey Lance and what we don't know. Right. And those guys are still decently expensive for what yeah. we're expecting this year. Um, you're on the clock, and Jalen mm-hmm. Hurts got taken right before. I know he was the first one that you wanted. Yes. So option number two, is he worth it here? Option number two, um, yeah, I, I like this guy. I love this guy. I think it's going to be great. Um, Russell Wilson. Um Look, between he and Trey Lance, I love the security. I love uh, a known commodity. Could Trey Lance absolutely light the world on fire? Sure, but I'm not going to take that much of a risk um, here in the the sixth round. And then heading into the seventh round, um, looking at the you know the rosters and seeing kind of what's there, I think I like the idea of a stack here. And I think I'm going to go with Jerry Judy. One of your old timers. Jerry Judy, yeah. the man who overruns his routes you think no because of the tim patrick injury jerry judy is or is not a top 25 receiver in your eyes i think he can definitely be a top 25 wide receiver um the the offense in and of itself and but also um yeah i think Cortland sutton's gonna be the one there for sure but we have seen russell wilson support you know, two very fantasy relevant wide receivers, you know, if all breaks right and Jerry Judy shows that he can actually, you know, step up his game and stay healthy. I think here in the sixth round, a target hog like Judy, who can work the, the, you know, intermediate um, field. I like it. Um, kind of got to go against, you know, some of the things that I normally do. Uh, I was thinking about Christian Kirk. Adam Thielen was also there. Christian Kirk, so, uh, both of these guys got taken ahead of ADP. Christian Kirk quite a bit, maybe yeah. 20 spots ahead. So, obviously, with the yeah. Diamond League, you expect stuff like that to happen. Right. Um, I'm assu- Well, you didn't say Joe Burrow was one of the other guys that you liked. No, I did not. I am intrigued by Burrow here to stack with T. Higgins. I think that would be a fun thing to root for. However... Okay. There's there's just enough quarterbacks left to where I want some more running back depth. If Elijah well, we just Mitchell, had that conversation. We just had that conversation, right? About like is is the rushing quarterback worth it? Is is getting that kind of guy, you know, way before you know like a Joe Burrow? Because right now, like you're either taking you know Trey Lance, you're taking Joe Burrow, Dak Prescott, Joe Burrow. You yeah, know? I think I think there's just too many of them. Uh, Dak is another guy, like you just said, I could pair with Ceedee Lamb on the way back if I wanted to. There right. goes Burrow right after me. I went Miles Sanders, somebody that I've been very vocal about. I still believe in, I think, end of the seventh round for a starting running back on what I expect to be a very good offense. I think most people do. I want a piece of that, especially when my only two running backs are Elijah Mitchell, who people believe right. have red flags. He wasn't for sure. the epitome of health last year. And Antonio Gibson is not the epitome of health either. And it could get crowded towards the back half of this year for Gibson for sure if it's not going well. Yeah. Um we're we're kind of getting in that running back run zone where these middle round running backs start going. Yep. Um so I'm I'm really interested to see where some of these guys end up because 
wide receivers still still there. Um, quarterbacks, I don't really foresee a run happening. There's still some high value wide receivers left on the board. Um, I need to see. So I'm, what I'm going to do real quick is look after me before it comes back to me. How many guys sure. don't have quarterbacks? So we've got Murray. Yeah, take a look. Herbert, Allen. There's one empty, two empty. Hurts, and you have Russell Wilson. So I'm guessing only two go off the board if I were to wait. Well, you do have Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen on the same team, so anything can happen. Oh, wow. Um, Diamond League player right there. Um, Dak Prescott, Matthew Stafford are the top two. Kirk Cousins is right there for me. I think I'm going to wait. Okay. I love it. So, I'm going to take two quarterbacks on this turn. So, All right, you do that. Um, that, is, that is what I'm planning on doing. I just, I'm going to grab... I don't know, if, tell me something, someone you hope to make it back to you. Just, I mean, I guarantee I will not take them. Just tell me who you're looking at. I'm going Kareem Hunt here. Okay. Um, he's somebody that I've been on all day today and traded for in multiple leagues. I yeah, think you sent me a few offers for him, so I, I'm definitely well-versed. With how often we think the Browns are going to be trailing, and I think that is an undisputed belief, Kareem Hunt should get plenty of work to be a viable flex and if something happens to Nick Chubb, he is a top five to eight running back because of how well he is, how well he catches the ball. So, Miles That's Sanders, fair. Kareem Hunt, I don't need to take another running back the rest of the draft. I'm happy with watching all these receivers. Really? You and think those four are good? You think yes. that's... If there's one late, a late handcuff, maybe a Herbert, a Hines, Gainwell, one right. of those guys, um, sure. But right now, yeah. I feel comfortable taking a boatload of receivers and grabbing my quarterback. I can't blame you. I mean, you you want guys that are going to be important in their offense and aren't going to be taken off the field due to game script issues. So I I, I don't really have a, an argument for that. As Tony Pollard goes off the board, someone who is a fantasy darling of R and B fantasy, which uh, that's I don't know our who that boy, is. That's our boy Boyd's. Is uh, it? That yes, that is Ryan okay. and Boyd's, and Welcome they in. have started a podcast. You guys go follow R and B fantasy if you get. The opportunity, which you should. Um, good Kareem dudes. Hunt was a snipe, apparently, which makes anybody feel good to read. So thank you Feels guys so for solidifying so the pick. Dustin, yeah. coming up here. I am um, coming up here. One pick. Yeah. Um, looking around, I'm up on the clock. I want a running back. And the oddly enough, the, the top guy on my board, I don't have him a lot. Um, first, let me look at the wide receivers, make sure I'm not. This could be a shout anything. out here to Dave Kluge. If yep. you take the top man on the board here, who Dave I says am. is a great value in the late, I am taking round. him right here. Uh, you could Damian get two, Harris, two of Kluge's guys here. Yeah, Kluge, look, Kluge's a highly influential guy here in the community. Uh, we can't just discount what he says. I find myself agreeing with Dave almost more, if not more than any yeah. analyst in the industry. Which is I don't know what to do about this particular player. Uh, I'm looking at Alan Lazard, and I'm like, he's injured. What's wrong? Is there something going on? I don't he's know. He's cooled off a bit because you see guys like Devontae Smith and DeAndre Hopkins, and you think down the stretch, what are you know? What I got to go with what I believe, and I think Alan Lazard. Um, I think Alan Lazard is going to be fine. I don't know what the injury is. I hate risk. I think it's a good um, move. 
North of the border does not have a quarterback. They're going to wait me out. GFF's standout team, Josh Allen. There goes Stafford. Uh, we've got Herbert yep. and Kyler. So what this is telling me is that there wow. will be... Let's see who's here. <laughs> I just want to fill people in. On when did Dak kind of one, go? Dak went on the round before. So just a quick fun story to share with people. I've been also walking my father through a a draft that he's doing and he was telling me it's a home league and you get these, you know, these odd odd happenings in home leagues. He has the one oh one as well, so really cool to also simultaneously have the one oh one. He has Christian McCaffrey, you know, uh DeAndre Swift and Saquon Barkley as his running backs. He has Mark Andrews, he has T. Higgins, Allen Robinson. He it, it's an absolute he just picked up russell wilson as his quarterback <laughs> as well it's an absolute i just i want I, I want an extra you know gift when when the holidays come around i think i've deserved that at this point all right i was as... really hoping for dak or stafford they mm. both did go who are we looking at and Kirk cousins cousins aaron Rodgers, justin fields trevor lawrence i think i'm still okay here um, but is there somebody that I must have? DeAndre Hopkins and Smith go right before, which hurts. So I'm yeah. just not going to play the chances of somebody taking a second. Oh, take quarter. a risk. So it's Stop gonna be, being a baby. It's going to be just... Derek Carr. <laughs> I'm going with somebody you... that I think goes for 5,000 yards and 36 to 40 touchdowns. Wait, you went with Derek Carr, and you could have gone with Kirk Cousins. This is correct, because I plan on taking both and playing the matchup between the two. Oh, wow. I don't know if I would have done that. I like Kirk Cousins over Derek Carr is an easy smash. It is not for me. I believe we see an enormous year from Derek Carr. I... Devontae Adams... Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro Yikes. in a shootout division. I see 5,000 yards, 36-plus touchdowns. I said it. I believe it was April yeah, Hey, 7th. I, I think I think Kirk Cousins is going to throw over 5,000 yards as well. He's got Justin Jefferson. It helps to have Dalvin Cook. They're going to spread it out more. Adam Thielen coming back. They're getting their tight end back. The KG cool Osborne thing is I can on. take him again. I can take Kirk Cousins here and play the match. Absolutely. You 100% can. And I see no reason between those two guys. See no reason to burn or not to burn valuable draft capital in the ninth to 10th round on on only one position that you can start. So I, I completely agree. Let's see um, here. We've got Kirk Rogers, Fields. There's still a few guys I like. I don't know that the difference in Kirk Cousins and rogers to fields when <sighs> alternating with Carr is going to be worth it i think that's a good point by you well if you ask vegas the bears are not going to be scoring many touchdowns this year so um i i i would i would this is caution from a against... man who wants to draft justin fields here in just a little bit i love justin <laughs> fields i see He's through like it. a son to lies me. he is like a son to me um what are we looking at here travis the team over here on the right is Derek Carr, CeeDee Lamb, T. Higgins, Mitchell, Gibson, Kelsey, Bateman. Gosh, those are some guys that I have touted all offseason. Sanders and Hunt on the bench. It feels loaded. It always does when you finish a draft. Um, I'm looking at Kadarius Tony here. I like it. And he is, wow, Raheem Mostert. Face Palm Circus. 
Must be Did one somebody... of your guys. Um, I'm going to go okay. with Kadarius Tony. I think that he is so fun to watch. Sterling Shepard cannot stay on the field. Kenny Galladay cannot stay on the field. And it can't Ooh. just be Saquon Barkley. So can't I'm going to go though. with I'm going to go with Tony who is healthy and back at practice. I love it. You You can't have too many good players. Kenneth Walker, dang it, Kenneth Can Walker. Can you have too many board. Giants? Stephy yes. Smalls is a big Giants fan. Big I would like fan. to see. Can you have too many Giants? I I would suggest not taking so many. Um, I'll be honest with you. Ooh, right. Naeem Hines going. I like the pick. How do you feel about now? I know a lot of people like reach up for defense. I just want okay, and we are also going kicker. Um, the Diamond so League is... is looking interesting right now. Wow, people are really taking some. I I like. I mean, Brian Robinson is a guy I would have taken later. Goodness gracious. This is good for us right now. Live it's on very air. Good for us. We are seeing picks that are good for losing sucks. Good for good losing for Andy sucks. Barons. Dustin's going to win the league. The championship. All wow. Right. Talk us through it. Oh, uh, Tyler Lockett, like for sure. Um, look, the, he's going to catch 100 the, passes. He's going to catch so many balls. Yes. Um, I also have another running back here that I'm interested in. I need to look at the list. There's a couple that I'm super interested in. I don't know what his role is going to be on the offense. Can I guess? Yeah, go ahead. Kenneth Gainwell. Yes, I'm actually between Kenneth Gainwell and um, James, Cook. James Cook. Yeah. Um, goodness gracious. Uh, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go with James Cook. I, I don't I don't have him in a lot of places. It's a half-point PPR. I see a scenario down the road where he takes over the lion's share of the backfield work. Not necessarily like enough to get like a 70, you know, 60%, but like 50-50 split with with uh, Singletary and some moss sprinkled in. I'd, I'd be okay with that. All right. I like it. Uh, there goes Gainwell. What we're like seeing here right now are – handcuffs that have standalone value which are incredibly important and a few of them tend to turn into league winning type picks so you do want a handful of them on your bench as opposed sure. to just the 700 yard maybe five to 700 yard receivers that just have too much competition to get it done whereas with these handcuffs the high level handcuffs like herbert gainwell henderson Hines. Yep. Those guys can become top 12 players for you. So grab a handful of the handcuffs. I would have to agree with you, sir, as I'm still looking at this board. A lot of guys still to go. People taking their time. I just, man, it, it, I, in a live draft, we can talk about some of these guys. We can talk about draft strategies. I, I, I never know who exactly I need to, to go with. Because, <laughs> like, I'll have guys that I'm like, oh, well, this guy should be going in this round, and then he keeps falling. Like, I don't like, um like, Traylon Burks. He went around later than I thought he was going to go. Um, but I always, I never know who to decide between, between him and Robert Woods. Robert Woods feels safer, but Robert Woods also went three rounds earlier. Got it. You know? So I'm going to go Kirk Cousins here. 
Okay. Um, and play the um, matchups with he and Carr. What that should do, and it, I don't think I've ever done this, but when you wait on quarterback and you miss on Dak that late, it should allow me to have a top 10 quarterback every week because one of those two guys is going to have a juicy matchup pretty much every week. Not both. When they do, that'll be a tough call. But I'm pretty much assuring myself that two guys I believe in, I will be comfortable with the matchup with every week. You know, it's funny you say that because you asked the Green Bay defense goes off the board. Kirk Cousins faces one of the toughest passing defenses week one. And then yeah, exactly. he all, and then Derek Carr also faces one of the toughest passing defenses week I, one. I think that game is going to be an absolute 30 to 30 plus shootout. I want I, Derek Carr week I one. Disagree on that one. What happened when they played last year? I mean, this ain't last year, though. Like this ain't last year. It came down to like a minute left in overtime. There was a lot of points scored there. So I'm predicting it comes down to a minute left in overtime again. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's same teams. Just, it's going to happen the same way. Exact same way. Different year. I like it. All, although, man, ah, I was hoping Rashad White would fall. Uh, it's probably stupid on my part. Um, but you know what? Scared money don't make money, you know? Like, yep. not gonna, not going to draft a handcuff this late um or this early I, I guess i should say i probably should have maybe was it was it smart to draft maybe your I own handcuff maybe i should have i don't know maybe i'll trade for him let's see here who is the carls uh that is my buddy steve he is the steve? strength and conditioning coach for the texas a&m football or basketball team steve steve it is steve steve All knows right. his stuff Steve knows fantasy. Three-time winner of my home league. Brevin Jordan in the 12th. This is, man, this is an interesting development because there are players here that just, whew. There are valuable players here. James Robinson. All right, let's, let's take a minute to talk about James Robinson because he's a guy that people see the name and for whatever reason have just decided as a community, we're just going to ignore half of us are going to ignore the injury that he never tore his Achilles. Nothing ever happened. He's going to come back and he's healthy for healthy, um, healthy for week one. And he's going to be the same guy that we've seen. And I just, I cannot understand the narrative in the 12th round. Great value. You know, Upside is he comes back and he's a, a starter, you know. Um, downside is is you have a player that realistically is never himself again, and you know he thirty five to forty percent of the backfield touches, and ETN is the guy. I just that's my thought. That's my two cents. It's I've said it time and time again on the show. James Robinson, stay away. I, I will never knock the pick for where you're getting him. It's when. People take him in the you know single digit rounds, and then you're expecting. Yep. I went Let's with Alexander more. Madison, so back to back Vikings for me. I thought about handcuffing my own guy in Elijah Mitchell with Jeff Wilson. However, I don't think that's one of the backfields that does not do well with clear handcuffs. If the lead guy goes down, it immediately becomes a okay, we got three other guys, and each of them is going to have a very specific role. Whereas Elijah Mitchell does a lot of everything. Um, if he goes down, I don't necessarily love Jeff Wilson unless it's a very deep league. So yeah. 
I went Madison. If something happens to Dalvin, he's clearly the guy. We have seen it. Right. Um, he's also a good trade piece to the Dalvin owner to kind of help them sleep at night. So we've only yep. got three. I've only got three picks left. You've got four here. So yep. we should finish up here in about four or five minutes. Um, Hopefully. Dustin, talk to us here. I know you see Rodgers and Fields. Are you tempted at a backup quarterback, or are you good with Russ? No. Uh, Russell Wilson is my guy. He's my rider. You know what? Broncos country. Let's ride. <laughs> uh, he, yeah, he's my guy. I'm not going to – I mean, maybe in the last couple rounds I might take a backup, some guy, just for a bi-week filler. Like James. Well, James is gone. Um, oh, okay. Someone took Devontae Parker, and I'm glad they did because now I can take the two guys. I'm surprised he's here in the 12th. He's the number one wide receiver on his team, and people hate on the offense. You just took the wrong wide receiver on the team. Um, I don't know if I'm, you were watching. My, my mouse was over Jacoby Myers until two seconds left when I decided to go Madison. Yeah, I, I'm 100% going him there. Um, and then now it's between, um, you know, a couple guys. Um, I think that the the world has kind of cooled off on one of these guys. And I, I'll i get even more value. You know, we're in the 13th round, and I want the backup. You know, if we're talking handcuffs, I still believe in Isaiah Pacheco. So oh, my goodness. 13th round, I still believe in the talent. There are other guys that I like, but you know what? I'm I'm willing to take the gamble. All right. Isaiah Pacheco it is. Five picks until I'm up again. I am looking at receiver here. I'm tempted by J.D. McKissick. As he the is Gibson, a receiver. As the Gibson owner, um, I'm tempted, but I can't really play J.D., and I feel like by the time something could happen or – Gibson could get doghoused. Brian Robinson may be returning. I don't know. What do you think about the reports on that? Do you believe that he's coming back somewhere halfway through the year after being shot twice? Brian Robinson? Yeah. Yeah, he'll be back week five. Um, okay, so McKissick is not as shiny as as people have immediately reacted. No, I think 10th round is a little rich for Brian Robinson for me, but I think when he comes back, that team wants him to be the lead back. Like, he got shot. It, it wasn't anything major damage. He just needs to heal, um, get his get his win back, and we'll see kind of, you know, how it affects him. But the everything I've read and seen, it's that the team doesn't think it's going to hinder him um, much into the season. So I think they'll bring him on solely. I, yeah, I think like eight weeks into the season, you're going to have, you know, a at least uh, someone getting the, the, you know, 50% of the, the work which I mean, granted, like I said, tenth round probably not going to do it for me, but right. But I like I like Brian Robinson, the player this year. I don't see any hidden gems down here in value. So what I'm going to do, I am between Tyler Boyd and Julio Jones. Tyler Boyd gives me a little bit of a wide receiver handcuff in Higgins, but I don't love ever having to play Higgins and Boyd, so it's going to be Julio Jones just in case we get some vintage Julio and like Godwin is a little further back than people think. I I still think it's a month, maybe six weeks until we see Godwin. And if Mike Evans or Russell Gage are not fully ready to go, Julio Jones is going to get a lot of looks. So You should. It's a big name. Julio Jones is one of those guys that if he has, let's just say he goes for 80 to 100 in a touchdown in the first two weeks, okay. people are knocking on your door saying, mm, are they Brady is going to revive Julio. He looks great. 
you may be able to move them. You may not want to move them. I, <sighs> you just, I, I want know. a wild card like that. I don't have any of those on my team, and he's another fun guy to root for. If Julio Jones is feeling great for the first month of the season, I could see myself finding a way if somebody Goodness. gets hurt. I don't know. That's that's tough for me, man. I, uh, I don't, All right, I, last I two picks for, for, um, for Andy Barron's. I want you to analyze what he just did. Okay, um, Andy. So, which team is he? Is he the secret treasure? So he went Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers in the thirteenth is absolute highway robbery. <laughs> um, I, I love the Tyler the Algier pick. Um, I'm I'm not buying into the whole Damian Williams is going to be this this stalwart in the backfield. That's fooey. Like Aaron Rodgers, Tyler Algier. You just got two guys that probably at some point during the the year you. Could, I mean, look, we know that Andy loves carries. And uh, Tyler Algier is gonna he's gonna get his share in that backfield. So way to go, Andy! Another savvy move. I love the Carlson pick. Underrated kicker. Do you find I, yourself I, going kicker or defense first? Kicker typically. Um, just depends. Um, Mike Davis loved that pick. I, I mean, have found for- myself going defense in the fourteenth, kicker in the fifteenth because of the matchup week one. But, I mean, so we get excited about defenses every year in, in the first week, let's and then, and then you get you know three points because some crazy play happens and the the team scores a touchdown in the in, in the first drive. Yeah, you know, it just takes seventeen points for them to be meh, and then you just you could have had a you know an Evan McPherson, you could have had you know uh, Nick Folk has been big. I'm going to go Tyler Bass here and get it. That's a good pick. A he little was, piece of the Bills. He was offense. clutch. Yeah, he, he was good. clutch all year. Um, and he plays Harrison on Thursday, Bucker, so I get off to great. an early lead. Evan McPherson is, you know, like I said, uh, nerd boy take. Is that uh, Pianowski? Nerd boy takes? I don't know who that is. No, no, it's not. No, he's uh, he's one of our Twitter guys. Oh, um, okay. He, yeah, I'm in a couple of leagues with him. He's very, very good. Nice. As we're wrapping it up here, we've got just over a round left. That's actually his Twitter name too. So follow it, Nerd Boy Takes B O I. Nerd Boy Takes. All six I of love you it. listening. You know, you brought up the PPR argument today to Andy, and you brought up two really good, good arguments to him. And I wish we had more time to talk about them. We're gonna have to. I'm gonna write an article. Um, this week, now that I'm studying it on, on the rushing quarterback and just how different it is and how much of an advantage it is. I'm looking forward to reading it. I don't think it is. And that's, that's okay. Last year says it's not. And I even am talking points per game because guys like Lamar, Kyler Hertz are one point, maybe one point something off of the cousins Stafford Rogers group mm-hmm. and a handful of them were banged up, which you just inevitably are going to get a few games of maybe not. Um, but it is so fun when they are, when they do have those 35 point weeks because they rush for 80 and a score, it is league winning capability. And I'm sure that will be part of your article. Yeah, for sure. It, it will be, it will be noted. We're finishing up here when I finally got some of the Ravens defense. Thank God. Um, Face Palm Circus says he made a mistake. Let's see if we can spot it by looking at his roster really quick. What's it going to be? Face Palm 
Circle. Did he go? Circus. Oh, circle. Circus. It's probably Green Bay because you don't want to play them against the Vikings week one. No, you really don't. You really uh, don't. He's got the Burrow Chase stack. Dobbins and Acres. Does it get riskier than Dobbins, Acres, Jacobs, Mostert, James Robinson? <laughs> oh, My man, man said, our running back room is going to be so much fun. We can't wait to see all the red questionables Between every week. Between four <laughs> running backs, you have four good legs. <laughs> That's amazing. Nerd Boy takes, takes like Dontrell it. Hilliard, last pick of the draft here for uh, Ryan and Boyd. Go New Orleans. That's a little bit of a snipe. I was hoping for that defense. Week one matchup is beautiful. It's a good one. That's a good one, for so sure. So I will find myself with the Philadelphia Eagles. That's a dang good Spoiling pick. a little bit of Hard Knocks uh, glitter week one, I think. I still like Swift, but I think Philly comes out hot and ready to go week one. I love it. I love it. Put that on the board. Justin Fields in the last round. Good to see good him pick. not go undrafted. I'm glad. I'm glad to see that. You know, so for a team that has Joe Burrow. You We've are got, done. Andy Barons closes us out here. Who we got? Last pick, Cleveland defense. First like a show. pro. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity there. Baker uh, Baker may serve it up. You never know. He's Andy only been with the team a Cleveland for a month. guy. Mike Kosicki goes. All right. Beautiful. That is it for the Diamond what League draft. draft. We are an what a hour draft. and 20 minutes into this show. Um, stop sharing screen. There we are again. Great. Great. God, that was fun. Andy, thank you so, so much for coming on the show. I can't tell you how much it means to me as somebody who's been a fan, like I said, for 15 years to meet you at the expo, to have you say you would come on the show and then to actually make it happen. I mean, from the bottom of my heart, I really, really appreciate it. Today was a pretty special day for me in fantasy football. It'll be hard to top. Um, Dustin, close us out here, man. Guys, that was a lot of fun. Andy Barons, like you said, you know, someone that you've, you know, you've wanted to talk to for a long time. You talked to him at length at the expo. I know that was a, an all time moment for you. I'm sure it was an all time moment for Andy Barons as well. You know, uh, <laughs> Maybe Andy, <tonight> was. <laughs> um, you know, I hope you have a good amount of fun in your leagues. Obviously, you're not going to be having the most fun since I'm sure none of them are PPR. Um, I hope you don't have fun one. in the Diamond League. Right. Um, but to everyone, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Make sure you follow us at Losing Sucks. As always, though, Losing Sucks. Don't do it. Don't do it.